Yo, what's happening? John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing. We got another beautiful Sunday. Um, beautiful if you enjoy the rain. It's raining like crazy here in San Jose. All of California, really, because I made a huge drive today from El Monte down south near L.A. All the way up to um, San Jose today. And there was a lot of rain. There was rain the whole way. Oh, wait, I get up to my house here and uh, there are like literally trees <laughs> and branches everywhere. They're laying all over the place. It's nuts. Like I kind of think I dodged a bullet by going down south this weekend because there are some like huge, like huge tree branches in the street, like in the areas where I, I park my truck a lot of times. I think... Um, I made the right choice in going down to pick my old lady up. Oh, no. Audio's kicking through. All right. But, yeah, I kind of dodged a bullet there a little bit, I think. I think I did. So, lucky me. But I was traveling, so I did not get to see the bare knuckle fight on Friday. It looked like there were some good fights. I think it was uh, Trout beat, what's it, Palomino? And uh, yeah, man, that's a tough fight. I wish I would have seen it. But, you know, we carry on. The fight night had, had some moments. Had some moments, I must say. And uh, Jason Burmist in the chat, he's saying that the fights were good for the bare knuckles. Jason, take your uh, opinion. It's a good opinion. But I did see, I saw the, uh, I saw the fight night. I got to see the fight night. And, you know, I'm back on the underground. I'm, I'm back on the underground forum. I rejoined the underground forum. It's been a long time. We try to get the old original Boiler Braun handle back, but there's too many um, hiccups in the road. It took an extra week to, to try to deal with that. So I just created a new account, new new name. So I'm back on the underground forum. It's been about, man, 15 to 17 years probably since I posted there. But there are some good people uh, asking some good questions on there. And uh, I had a good post on my Clips channel from the show last time. I talked about how, I stopped watching fights for a little bit and I, you know, I got over a thousand views on that clips channel, which doesn't even have a thousand people subscribe to it. If you guys uh, can, and you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the clips channel, boost that up a little bit. You can see the condensed comments and stuff uh, that I make during the show here. My video guy, Peter does an awesome job editing this stuff together. So you'll enjoy those little, little sound bites. But um, there's a consensus. I've noticed there's a consensus. And I think I'm hoping that this show can be a home to the people who were in that consensus of thought around how the market's changed and how fights are different and the fan base is different. And some of us don't fit in. We don't fit in with the new pro wrestling style fan base. A lot of us got into the sport a long time ago be, and, and actually trained trained for a little while, maybe competed in jiu-jitsu or boxing or Muay Thai or MMA. And 
the shift, the shift in the 2010s to where it's gotten to now, it's kind of icky. The pro wrestling fine, the shale, the shale Sonnen, the Colby Covington's, the McGregor stuff, all the all the outside hoopla nonsense. We don't we don't really care for. And I'm not I'm not alone. I'm not alone. And now I know that there are plenty of you guys out there. There are plenty of you guys out there who are feel the same. I've had a number of friends who got into the sport to watch because I was I was fighting and they enjoyed it. But then they they, they felt it got watered down and it stopped feeling like the real sport that it was. And it, it turned into some spectacle. The thing that they were fighting to get away from, that the USC was fighting to get away from, was being the spectacle. But that's now what it's what it is. It's a bread and circus show. And the fights are still great. And I'd still rather watch fights over anything else, anything else, right? <clears throat> I watched two hobos fight for a sandwich before I watched the Super Bowl. It's just more interesting to me. The raw violence of fighting is more appealing to me than any any sport. It just is. Um, every other sport to me is the art of fighting without fighting. So I, I can be kick your ass. Well, I can kick your ass. Well, let's see who can put this ball in the hoop the most times. Just punch each other in the face, man. Let's see it. Let's see the fight. Let's see the fight. Let's see the rawness. That's what I want. Somebody made a really good post saying something about how when they watch fights, it's the only time they really feel free. They get this feeling of freedom. And I, I see what they mean. Even, even with the corralled, contained, controlled product we get with the UFC now, I get it because everything has turned into such ninny muggins so many ninny muggins and and uh school school marm shrews wagging their fingers at us about everything we say and do and there's something just freeing and raw and animalistic about the fight and no matter how much strings they pull on the outside it's still we still get that we still get that gritty fight and that is freeing i agree with that it feels good Burmis is saying that Trout looked untouchable in that fight. Snapped the jab consistently. Because that's, man, Palomino's a tough. He's tough. He's tough as nails. I like watching that guy fight. He has been fighting for a while, though. Maybe he's starting to age out a little bit. I don't know how old Trout is. But, man. Yeah, Pat Yo saying that uh, he likes the old days. Needs the head on the ground of the opponent. We had an incident in the UFC the other day where the guy had a hand down and he kicked him. They're going to get away from that. You got to have knee on the ground, knee or your butt on the ground, basically, to be grounded. I like that. I think we should just go all the way and just knees to the head on the ground. Just do it. They're, they're going to bring back the, the 12 to 6 elbows, bring back the knees to the other ground. And I think, all right, conspiracy theory time, put on your hat. <clears throat> the reason they're doing this, right, is because – they want to give more tools to the striker because they don't want the ground fight. They hate the ground fight. So if you could knee the guy in the head on the ground while he's grounded, you could soccer kick the guy on the ground while he's grounded. Well, guys may pass guard to get to side control and knee to the head and finish the fight. And a really good wrestler could do that over and over and over again and stay at the top for a very long time. Someone like Bo Nickel. So someone like Bo Nickel, under that circumstance, he wouldn't have to learn any, any stand-up. He just has to make you miss, make you miss, put you in the fence, take you down knee the shit out of your head and they don't want that they they want the win loss win loss back and forth guys getting caught 50 50 exchange of the stand-up so i don't think they're going to do that but then the 12 to 6 
Well, now you're in on a double leg. Now they got 12 to 6 to the back of the ribs, right? Uh, that 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 seems, uh, you know, you're not allowed to strike the spine, but that that kidney area, that upper rib area, those, those loose ribs, those floating ribs, 12 to 6 elbows to that when somebody's trying to double leg you or they got a single leg in the fence. That's that's a that's a valuable tool. I think it's a valuable tool. I'm not against it. I'm just saying let's open it up, man. Just, just let us let us leave the head on the ground. Let's see it. Let's do it. Come on. It's not daycare. We're not holding hands and seeing kubaya by the by the campfire, right? You have guys who are trying to make each other bleed, bro. <laughs> just bleed. I'm a little dressed down today because I was, uh, yeah, I was uh, moving stuff and carrying stuff. I got my workout in by carrying shelves and stuff. So I didn't do my beach muscle lift today. I'll be back to my my lifts tomorrow, though. Got to get got to get jacked. It's birthday month. Got to be jacked. Got to get it done. Um, but let's start talking about these fights. Start talking about the uh, the fight night. Uh, first fight of the night. I was able to catch the first fight. There's only a couple fights I might not have seen all of, but first fight of the night, Thomas Peterson and Jamal Pogues. And this was a, a good fight. And um, Peterson was doing some all right stuff, but Pogues was, was very fast for a big man. I was very surprised with how fast Pogues was. Hope I'm saying that name right, Pogues. Um, Peterson was looking to try to take him down, but wasn't doing a very good job. Uh, Pogues was moving back a lot, circling back and drawing Peterson in, and Peterson was rushing in to the danger zone and getting caught with some fast combinations from the big man. And he is a big man. How many? How many fights is this guy? have huh he lost to mick parkin he beat josh parisian so he's got a couple wins got a loss as big as he is and as fast as he is though yeah he's got to get rid of those decisions see they're not going to push him they're not going to push him if he's not finishing especially in the uh, undercard but he's a big man and he was moving back when you have a guy who's fighting like that when you got a guy who's who's looking to counterfight and he's looking to stay away from the wrestling, the leg kick's got to be there. They've got to be there. Because you can reach out and touch a guy in the legs. You can reach out and touch a guy in the legs without putting yourself in that range where the punches are going to land. And when you got a big, fast guy, three-punch combinations like that, then you, you can't. You can't let yourself rush in to that danger zone because that's exactly what he's doing. You're playing into his game. Got to be playing into his game. Um, or you don't want to be playing into his game. So you've got to faint, faint. So peekaboo into the range, peekaboo, make him make him throw the combo and get out. So he's punching air and then chop, peekaboo, chop, peekaboo, chop, beat up the legs. You beat up them legs for the first round. He stops moving around as much. He stops moving back as much. Now you can start fainting other things and attacking your takedowns. I mean, too many guys, they fight the first round the same as they fight the last round. There's no strategical change up. There's no like, I'm going to lead this guy into this thing. 
not enough guys do that. They're they're sparring the same throughout the entire matchup, the entire fight. Nothing changes. They don't shift gears. You know, crow cop. You know, crow cop. Beat the legs. Beat the legs. Kick the body. Kick the body. He's trying to bring your arms down. He's kicking that body to bring your arms down. Once your arms come down, whap, he brings it up. Puts you out. That was, that was you know, a strategy. But it wasn't, he didn't do it in the first round. He beat the crap out of your body first round. And then once he started seeing you wincing and, oh, here comes another kick to the body. Here comes another kick to the body. And when the hands come down, then he sends one over the top. I don't see enough strategy, like long-term. A, a lot of guys aren't playing the long game anymore. Not enough of it, you know? Um, <clears throat> Pogues is a big guy. He's fast. He needs to uh, do more pressure. You got to do more pressure. Even as a counterfighter, you can use pressure. You can use footwork and, and fainting pressure to make that guy go first and then counter him. You gotta do more of that. I think you'd find much more success um, finishing these big boys because he's got he's got fast hands. He was really fast. I was surprised how much heat he was throwing. But uh, Peterson definitely had a thick dome. Next fight: Quinones and Maderos. This was a pretty good fight, back and forth. They beat each other up pretty well. Um, I think both guys look pretty good in this fight. I don't I don't think it was uh too overwhelming of a fight for Madero's. I think it was fairly close. I don't know if I could have picked the winner. I don't know if I'm leaving something out. <clears throat> um who else stood out? Lee Zhang Yong, right? And Blake Builder. Yong. I don't know if this is much of a mismatch in any way, um, but Lee looked really tough. He uh, was long arms, was able to use his range. He was able to mix it up, uh, some grappling and striking uh, through some kicks. He was tough. He put a lot of pressure on the guy, got him out of there. So I think that's a good addition to the featherweights. We'll see what he does next. I was pretty sure that was his debut, right? Or no, not his debut. He fought. Wow, okay. He won a decision against um, Yiza. But that was, man, that was, see, you guys, that's what's crazy about this UFC Monopoly, right? That guy, his last fight was February, Saturday, February 4th, 2023. He fought about a year apart. Did he have injuries? Was he hurt? Was he sick? Like, why did this guy not fight for a year? Right? So the last fight he fought a year ago, that was his first fight, more than likely he's getting paid 12 and 12. 12,000, 12,000. He won. So he made 24,000. Then he's still got to pay out, you know, he's got to pay out coaches and whatever Chinese tax there is. I don't know what the Chinese tax is. Ta Chinese taxes, they just take everything because they're communist. I don't know. But he's got to pay those taxes. So this guy went a whole year and he's supposed to live off of like less than $20,000 and train off that. And then he gets another fight and he wins this one. Now he's, he's got 14 and 14. So he's going he's gonna to walk with $28,000. 
So you're going to wait another year to fight? How is that even livable? Do people not even understand how ridiculous this is? Unless he was injured, that's that's a travesty. It's a travesty that this guy didn't fight more than that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys have some knowledge. Any guys in the chat know about Lee? Huh? Zhang Yong. Was he injured? Is that why he was out? He didn't fight for a whole year? Am I missing something? Because today is February 4th, 2024. He fought last February 4th, 2023. They got him in just under a year. <laughs> well, you're, you're fighting more than once a year. What do you complain about? Did you get paid? Did you get paid? Wish I could make $28,000 and... and 15 minutes. You can't because you're a loser and you never worked hard. You have no skill. You have no skill worth anybody paying that to see that. But that that's crazy to me, man. That really, it's heartbreaking. Because that kid's good. He's tough. He, he could be going places. But they're only going to give him one fight a year? Man. That's nuts. Cause I, I know how hard it was for me to train and like take care of my family and stuff after I got cut from the UFC. Like it's hard to, to train. You fight once every nine months for like, even like when I was making what, like 25 and 25 or 30, 30 or something like that for, for WSOF PFL, like $60,000 in California after you pay out your coaches and then pay taxes on it. Like, what money do you have left for training? Not much. It's wild, man. Okay. Next fight. Themba Gorimbo and Pete Rodriguez. And they they hyped this guy up, this Themba, so much. Seems like a great, nice guy. I can't think of anything ne negative to say about him. He um, He's what? He lost to A.J. Fletcher and... February 23 last year, right? He got submitted. He beat um, Takashi Sato in May. Fight in, uh, he had his first. Okay, so he's supposed to fight Kiefer Crosby. And they pulled him and had Rodriguez step in. It looks like that's what happened. So last minute replacement. They were hyping this guy up so much, so much. And yeah, he's got a great story, but this is one of the problems, man. It's more about the story than it is about ability, isn't it? No, like it's not about the actual fighter's skill and how good he is. It's the story behind it. And the story behind this guy was like he was homeless and the rock came to save him and rescue him. Hey, Rock, did you use the money that you uh, made exploiting the fighters off your shoe deal, your rotten shoe deal, you prick? Like, this is what these guys do. This is what, like, evil depots and 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 drug dealers and, uh, you know, um, Pablo Escobar and Dana White, they do. They rip a bunch of people off. They do a bunch of crimes. They do a bunch of horrible, heinous shit, and they do one nice thing, and they make sure everybody knows about it. Oh, I bought this guy a house and took such great care of him. It's like, yeah, did you did you buy the house with the money you made off of exploiting the fighters with your damn shoes? Hmm. I'm pretty sure 
uh, The Rock has um, some ownership in the UFC also. He's got some stock. He 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 saw a tasty bit of that $1.8 billion they paid out their investors from over the last three years. Last three years, $1.8 billion got paid out to the investors in the last three years. Pretty sure Rock was in on that take. Oh, what a swell guy. What a swell, awesome guy. He's using that money he stole from athletes to help one guy out. Oh, what a what a hero. What an absolute hero. This is like, um, it's PR. It's a PR stunt. They're trying to save his face after the damn um, Hawaii ordeal with Oprah, where he pledged $10 million of other people's money. I want to I wanna pledge $10 million with my buddy Oprah here. We're 100 millionaires. But we're going to pledge $10 million of not our money. Oh, don't be serious. We want you to donate the money. The money money we're, the money that you donate is the money we're pledging, not our money. Oh, no, no, no. That's not what we're doing. Yeah, screw that. Just these people are just ghouls, man. Absolute ghouls. Don't believe the narratives these people try to push on you. It's gross. Like... A bunch of bunch of liars, man. Bunch of liars and scam artists. And we stole a bunch of money from these guys. And then we're gonna help one of them out. So we look like good people. You know, Dana beats his wife, he flies hookers out to the shows, <laughs> talks mad crap about his athletes because they don't want to sign horrible deals. They announce fights that haven't been signed in order to pressure fighters into taking them. Because if they don't take them, then they'll extend their contracts for even longer, and then they'll they'll uh, turn the fans against them. Oh, look at this coward! He's afraid to fight. He just doesn't have it in him anymore, like they did with Jose Aldo and so many other guys. But then he donates money to one little sick kid, and oh, isn't he such a hero? Oh my God! Or he helps out one fighter who's struggling. Fighter wouldn't be struggling if you would have paid the man his worth. If you didn't monopolize the market and treat everybody like your own personal slaves. Gross. You're a gross person. So sick of these people. Aren't I a swell guy? Hmm. I use the money that I stole from you fighters to help this one guy out. Uh. Clout is the new crack. Uh, Coach Gloy with the good question saying, would you ever want to run your own promotion coach? It would be pointless because if you can't get the top fighters, you're broke. And we're seeing that with every other promotion in the world. Uh, I don't know where um, KSW is. I don't know what KSW's numbers are like. They might be turning a profit, but uh, you're nev you never hear about them because they're just doing their own thing in Poland. None of the other promotions who claim to be competitors to the UFC have ever turned a profit. That's not a competitor to me. You're not a serious competitor. That That's like <clears throat> saying uh, if me and my kids run a race, they're serious competitors with me. Oh, man. I only beat them by 40 yards in that 100-yard dash. Whew, it was close. But, but I don't even think it would be that close <laughs> if you compared them in this they're not competing they're not competing at all they're running their own thing and trying to trying to get investors but you can't you can't you can't compete it's a monopolized market you can't do it so it would be a, it would be a suicide mission you you'd have to be okay with 
grifting. You'd have to be okay with grifting. I could make a lot of money myself off of getting suckers to donate money or to not donate money to, to, to invest in my company. I can get a bunch of suckers to invest in my company and be like, oh yeah, it's going to be the next big promotion. Yeah. We're totally going to go head to head with the UFC. Give me a bunch of money and I'll show you. There's no talent for me to get. There's nobody to grab up. There's no big names out there that aren't in the UFC because the UFC consolidated all the titles. Now there's only one. Nobody's taking any other world title, any other promotional title seriously except the UFC's belt because they bought they bought Pride. Pride was a competitor. WC was a competitor. Strike Force was a competitor. They were actual competitors. They bought them smooshed all those belts together. Now there's only one. There's only one belt that anybody cares about. It's a UFC belt. If you want to make the most amount of money possible in the sport of MMA, you have to be a UFC champ. That's it. Because of the monopoly. They have a monopoly. They bought all the titles up. They control rank. They control title. They control exclusive contracts. Conflict of interest. That is the basis of the lawsuit. They used the control of title and exclusive contracts to monopolize the market. And they did. They've done it. So... The barrier entry, you can read the uh, Moody's reports, right? The investor uh, writings about, you know, what's a good thing to invest in, what isn't a good thing to invest in, how the money's working, all that stuff. They say themselves that the barrier to entry is extremely high, extremely high in MMA. Because if you don't have the names, because that's who people are watching fight, the names, not the promotion, they're watching the names, right? That's why when, when, uh, one guy gets pulled out, the whole card is on is at risk because now nobody's going to watch it because the card is falling apart because the one guy couldn't fight. Uh, that's why they moved the John Jones fight from Vegas to California once because he failed a drug test because the whole card would have been lost. If it was about the promotion, they would never have to do that. It's about the names. So if you can't get the names, you don't have access to the names. If they're all tied up by one promotion, you, you're, 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 not, you're not making money. You're not going to be successful. You can grift and make money for yourself, but as a promotion, you're not going to get money. Those investors are going to lose their investment. Uh, the other angle is, well, why don't you just uh, build some fighters up from the ground up and then you build your own names? Well, I would have to use extremely dodgy tactics to keep a hold of them. I would have to have never-ending contracts. I'd have to copy the UFC's business model to keep those names with me. And nobody's going to want to sign because they know that they can't jump ship. They have to jump ship at some point. They have to leave my promotion to go to theirs to fight for that title. Because I can't build my title. I can't build a promotional title without the access to those names. So I don't know. I don't have an enemy to take money from people and lie to people and act like I'm actually going to make money by taking their investments. Uh, the sports aren't monopolized, though. Brandon Hunter says, how could fights be like other sports, NFL, NBA, except not monopolized? They're not because they have a, a governmental exemption because they have uh, multiple owners. They don't control the title, right? The team owners don't control the title. It's an independent title. The NFL, the NBA, that's an independent organization that runs the title, right? It's not the, it's not the, it's not the um, teams. It's not the teams. It's not the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys doesn't control the title. They control exclusive contracts with their athletes, but they do not control the, the, the title. So they can't be in a position where they are uh, um, 
doing oversight. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? They aren't the um um man. The authority, like the authority, they're not the regulating uh, regulatory authority. That's not that's not what they are, right? The the team owners aren't the regulatory authority. They're a group of teams, right? A team of a group of promoters who have agreed to work under the the independent title, right? That's why they're not. They also have collective bargaining, so they're in no way similar at all. If anything, and again. It's a bad, it's not a great thing. It's not a great thing to compare team sports to individual sports. You really need to take a focus and look at individual sports. So if you want to compare to PGA, um, tennis, right, or boxing, right, like something that actually has to do with prize fighting and fighting, right, you have boxing, it's prize fighting, right, there's a title, there's ranks, and there's an athletic commission that oversees boxing and MMA. Why don't people go to that comparison right away? Like the fact that you have to go to those other team sports to compare it is a huge reach. When you have a prize fighting teams, uh, you have a prize fighting individual sport right there. That's exactly the same organ. That's that's run and oversaw. Uh, um, that's overlooked by the athletic commission. The same exact athletic commission. The state athletic commissions look after boxing and MMA and Muay Thai and kickboxing. It's on the same damn paper, piece of paper. When you're signing in for your licensing, you check the box. You check the box. Everything else in the language is exactly the same. So why do people go to team sports for a comparison? That's the promoter getting in your head. That's the promoter's talk. That's uh, promoter language to throw you off the trail, right? Boxing makes more money on every level except the 85 to 95 percentile. Every level. They have more freedom, more promotions, more viewership, more money, more money, more money worldwide. Not a comparison. Boxing has doubled its profits since the Muhammad Ali passed. Uh, Ali passed. Right? I'll say it again. Boxing has doubled its profits as a market since the Ali Act passed in 2000. They've doubled their money. Again, Brandon, you're, you're reaching. You're reaching. The answer is the boxing model. Sorry you don't like it, but it's best. It's best. People want to complain, but it, it's the, it creates the biggest free market. It's the best free market for prize fighting. The reason that it's been um, demonized is because the promoters have demonized it because they can't monopolize it the way they want to. Okay, it serves a, it serves the athletes better. It serves the fans better. Well, no, because there's no bullcrap. Like there's more fights to get put together. There's more cross promotion to get put together. Like it takes haggling to put the fights together. But it's a better system. Like. Seriously, I'm sorry, but like it is better. It's better. It has plenty of problems. There are plenty of corrupt things that do happen in boxing. But the big problem with boxing is they don't have an athletic association. If they had an athletic association and they had a standardized way of doing things because that's what the athletes demanded from the promoters. Things would change massively 
for the boxers. But for some reason, they can't get their shit together. They can't get their shit together because the, the promoters are always in the fighter's ear. No, 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 no. Don't work with them. Those fighters are not your friends and blah, 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 blah. And then you end up letting the promoter dictate your actions. It's a bad, bad, bad thing. Hopefully MMA fighters are smart enough to realize that like, we are, we are the sell. We are the, we are the show. We're what people pay for, not the promoter. Promoters work for us. They work for us. The best system, honestly, would be the with a, the athletic, the um, fighters association to have uh, all the fighters on board, and then we get to set the terms for how the promotions are allowed to promote us. And then we could choose which organizations, what independent uh, organization gets to hold the titles and control the titles, and which ones get to work with us. That's the absolute best possible uh, scenario for things to happen. But fighters are so scared and so pathetic. Oh, we can't do it ourselves. No, how could we do it? It's gross. It's very irritating. I mean, think about it, Brandon. How Do you hear a lot of golfers complain? A lot of tennis players complain? Think about it. When's the last time you heard golf, the PGA, a PGA tour person complain about what's going on? When's the last time the tennis people? Because that that what I just said was is basically what the PGA does. It's the professional golf association. That's a that's a that's a group of golfers who all came together in athletic, an athletic association. And then they work together to set standards for the tournaments that they go and play. So the tournament hosts has to, you know, Pebble Beach, they have to comply with the golfers' requests on how they do business and how they and how they divvy up the um the sponsorships. How many golfers are like, oh, we're getting ripped off. Golf's ruined. Oh, golf is dead. Tennis is dead. Oh, what are we gonna do? That that's how they are run. Those are individual sports. So if you're gonna think about how things are done in an individual sport. Look at individual sports, not the team sports. Look at the PGA. Look at the uh, the tennis association. How do they do it? How are they doing it? That's the answer. I think it's a much better system than <laughs> what we got. All right, all right. Let's get back to the fights. Let's get back to the fights. Um, but yeah, uh, they 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 totally hyped up this Gorimbo. He looked good though. He did look good. It was 32 seconds in the first fight. It was a massive, massive right hand. Um, I don't know how good the Rodriguez guy was, but um, you know, Gorimbo was 11 and four at the time. That was a massive knockout. He looked he looked good in that 32 seconds. I'll say that. I'll give him that. I haven't seen him before. Um, and I have no problem with him, just the whole rock crap. Yeah, made me feel icky. I got the ick. The rock gives me the ick. Charles Johnson and Azat Maxim. I'm sorry, guys. I did not see Charles Johnson. I, I had it going the other way. I thought Maxim won this fight. Maybe I, I didn't pay attention enough or something, but that was Maxim's first loss. I He dropped... Charles Johnson twice in the first round. How does that? I don't understand that. Because even if Charles Johnson wins the next two rounds, that's a draw. How does that happen? How did they score that fight? 
I don't get that at all. He dropped him twice. You're you're supposed to you're supposed to score heavily, right? Since 2017, you're supposed to score heavily towards the guy who moves the fight along towards the finish of the fight. So how does dropping a guy twice in the first round not moving the fight along to the to the finish? That fight was at least a draw. It should have been a 10-8 round. If Johnson wins the next two rounds, it's a draw. Because I didn't see Johnson do enough to get a 10-8 round in those two rounds. He didn't drop him. I didn't see a bunch of damage. Right? We got the air quotes. So, so what's the deal? Did I miss something on that one, guys? Because I haven't smoked weed in a month. <laughs> so, so I wasn't smoking nothing. What did I miss? What was happening? Right? I had a I had a very dry January. It wasn't completely dry, but it was mostly dry January. So, you know, I had all my senses about me. What did I miss? You know, sometimes I have a drink or two with the fights, and I could maybe have not the greatest judgment. But I don't get it. I don't get it. Boom! We got a super chat. Coach Cloyd, thank you very much. He said, random fact, yesterday my wrestling training partner beat me up all practice. Was not my day on the mats. It happens to us all. Happens to us all. It's not a loss if you're learning, though, buddy. It's not a loss if you're learning. Take what you can from it and move forward. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Unless you guys can uh, fill me in on what I missed with the Maxim and Johnson fight. I don't, I don't understand it at all. How do you drop somebody twice in the first round? How is that not a 10-8 round? How is that not a 10-8 round? I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Uh, then Meatball Molly. Meatball Molly was back, and um, I don't have a problem with Meatball Molly, but, they, yeah, they were pushing her really hard. I, I hate that. I like organic growth. I like fighters' wins and performances, not their excitement level, not their Q score to tell me what's good or not. And um, I wasn't super impressed with her and her other fights, but she dropped down a weight class. She looked lean out. She no longer looked like a meatball. She looked svelte and athletic. And uh, she snapped that girl's arm. She snapped it. She broke that sucker. That was all. She got all wobbly armed. She got rubber armed. Um, she looked good. She looked good at that weight. So we'll see what happens. It's like starting over because she, she dropped two in a row. And uh, a lot of times you lose two in a row and you're out. But she she was blessed and not getting released, and she came back at a lower weight class, and she tore through that girl. She tore through her bad. She ripped her arm off. Ripped her arm off and handed it back to her. <clears throat> okay, so I did miss I did miss two fights because I was driving from my hotel to a girl's house, and uh, I did not catch the Radke, which was a knockout. At the end of the first round, I did not catch the Radke fight. Uh, and the and the Murodov fight, Kizarev was a no contest. What happened there? 11 seconds? Somebody get poked in the eye? Round one, 11 seconds. That's weird. What happened there? You guys see that one? What happened with that fight? Why did we get an 11-second no contest? 
I'll have to uh, run that one back, I guess, maybe. We'll see. And then this fight, the welterweight fight, Randy Brown and Muslim Selikov. Selikov, I've seen a number of times. Tough fighter. Um, not, not real fancy with the bells and whistles. Randy Brown, how long has Randy Brown been around? He's been around for a while, huh? He lost to Maddalena. He beat Wellington Terman. He's been on since 2016. I don't even know this guy. It's crazy. He beat Trinaldo. He beat Williams. He beat Gooden. He beat Alex Oliveira. He lost to Luke 2020. Warley Alves, he beat him. He beat Berberina. Lost to Nico Price. Beat Mickey Gall. Lost to Bilal Muhammad. Went over Kamozi. Went over Montano. Lost to Michael Graves. So he's a little spotty here and there. But he's tall. He's a big, tall guy. Decent stand-up, and um, he touched he touched uh, a Muslim just right. Put him out 317 in the first round. That's crazy that I don't know more about Randy Brown. I, I feel like I would remember him more. That's because he's a that's a big build for a, a welterweight. Yeah, I feel like he could easily slide into into middleweight, but. He's lost to really good guys. Other than that, other than that, you know, his first loss, the uh, 2016 loss to uh, Michael Graves. I don't know much six and zero and one Michael Graves. So I guess he was good, but I don't, I don't know where he's been. But Randy Brown is uh, 18 and five. He's got to get over that hump. Right, he's got to get over that hump when he fights the uh, the tough guys. He's got to win that. He's got to find a way. I'm wondering if he's one of those guys that has a little bit of a mental problem, you know, because he he he's winning good fights with all these other guys, and then the 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 tough guys, the guys he really needs to win, he's falling short on. That could be that could be a mental a mental block. He might need to talk to a a sports therapist. Might help him out. Oh, that was a good night. That wasn't for the uh, the GSP fight. I was not married when I fought GSP, right? Um, it was the uh, 2016 when I first won my title, right? Uh, when, when I won the uh, World Series of Fighting title, that was that was when I was going through that nonsense, <laughs> changing diapers, changing diapers in between rounds. Not even in between rounds. Like sometimes I had to stop and take my kid to the bathroom so he could pee and then I'm like sweating. <sighs> hurry up, man. Hurry up. All right, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Ain't going back, jumping into working out. 
Do I think Whitaker's going to bounce back against Costa? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's been out for so long. Some of these guys have been taking big, long breaks, man. You're right. And, and this is what we could have we could have in uh, MMA, too, if guys would just push for it. If enough guys stood up and, and we went to Congress, we're like, hey, we want Ali Act. We show up with a busload of guys. We go around, talk to everybody. Boom, it's done. It's done. They're not gonna. They're not gonna fight back. They can't fight back. If all the fighters show up, we show up with a busload of guys, a couple champions. And we're like, hey, we want Aliak expanded to all combat sports. This is we've had enough. They're gonna listen. They can't say no. But as long as guys sit back and wait for somebody else to do the work, they're gonna take the money. They're going to take the money from the UFC. They're going to line their pockets. That's how government works, man. So guys need to nut up and, and quit this shit. They need to educate themselves that boxing's not a bad deal that they, they think it is. It's actually better than what we have. They don't make more money on the undercards. That's 10%. 10%. 85 to 95 percentile fighters will make more money than the boxers. But not that much. And the amount that's stolen from the guys at the top is crazy. It's crazy money. Boxers will make a little bit more than and MMA fighters on every other level. Up, right? So that zero to, to 85, they're making more, a little bit more. You can see that chart, the red's just above. Then you get to that 85 to 95 percentile, then there's a little bit of space where the MMA fighters make more, and that's just because the UFC overpays the undercard guys some and then but that's the thing too though is like they overpay them but they fight them less so they're really per year they're making less it's a trick they're playing with numbers and then after that 95 percentile the big money guys the big title guys the guys in the top five they're getting robbed like tens of millions of dollars crazy crazy <laughs> yeah, fitness injury, you're right about that. All right, let's get into the uh the co-main event. Uh Moicano, uh, Moicano, right? Ranato, Moicano, and Drew Dauber. I'm a big fan of watching Drew Dauber. He comes and brings it, he fights hard. But one thing I do not like is he was like, I want to be the next Cowboy Cerrone. Really? He's one of the guy who wins some, loses some. <laughs> like, well, I don't understand. Like, they're not having the championship mindset. How are you not pushing to? Be, I want to dominate. I want to win. I want to be the best. I want the belt. Why would you just? Why would you just supplicate yourself to the? Hey, I'm the. I'm also Rand who will get beat up and get brain damage. Just pay me, and I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, man. I don't like that. I think I don't think it's a good mindset to go in there. Um, Hanato uh, was really good with the grappling. He was able to fight inside, get to the body locks, get the takedowns. Dober did 
uh, turned it around on him and threw a sweet, sweet ass lateral drop, something like the second round or so. And um, it was nice. He did some work. Um, Dober beat up Ronaldo's face pretty bad. He had him pretty bloodied up. Had him cut him with some elbows when he was on top. He looked good on top. Like, you know, I'd like to see Ronaldo put out more output and more viciousness on top like Dober was doing. But he he just controlled position. He he did damage, right? Um, well, he landed lots of significant strikes. I don't know if he slowed Dober down that much. Um, but I, I'm fine with the decision. He controlled position and, and was able to outstrike uh, Dober because on the ground he was able to land good punches, good elbows. He had more time on top where he was able to land those significant strikes. Not necessarily damage under the John Fish knows nothing rule definition of damage, right? But uh, definitely plenty of um, significant strikes throughout that that matchup. I didn't see Dover uh, stumble or drop Moicano at all in that fight. He did have that one little burst where he got on top that did some damage. Or did some uh, did some some significant striking. I'm trying to fix my my language to be more appropriate because I don't like the word damage being thrown around, you know. But all in all, it's a, a entertaining fight. I, I enjoyed it. I don't know what's next for Honolto. Honolto, but uh, it was good. Looks good. Main fight, main card fight. Imovov and Dolidze. Dolidze is tough. He's strong, but man, both these guys. I feel like both these guys could have turned turned it up a notch. Am I wrong? Um. Imovov was much cleaner. He was landing smoother punches, kicks. Looked like he was uh, more dialed in than uh, Delizze, but Delizze was able to put pressure on him at times, make him work at times. Uh, he did not do a very good job. He's like a leg lock guy and more of a grappling type guy. I did not see him closing the distance very well, getting to the legs, uh, getting to the clinch, putting him in the fence something something was just missing a little bit and he ended up taking a lot of shots that uh he probably didn't need to you know and it wasn't i don't know yeah it wasn't a bad fight but i feel like it definitely could have it kind of definitely could have had a little more riz in there i think they could have i think they could have turned it up a notch i think they i th think they should have sprinted at least at least sprint you get to that fourth round, championship rounds. If you think you're down, you know, three rounds, you got to turn it up. Just go for broke. Make things happen. See what happens, you know, because otherwise you're just, you're getting outpointed to the rest, rest of the, rest of the, rest of the match. Because Imavov, um, I don't think he wasn't turning it up either. He was landing good, consistent punches, but like, I didn't see him like, 
turn it on to get him out of there at any point. James, no, I have not ever been locked up in jail. I've never, I've never gone to jail. Never been in the the jailhouse. When I was nineteen, I did get a uh, minor consumption, though. I lost my license for a few months. It was not fun, but um, I've always been pretty good at staying out of trouble. Not that I didn't get in trouble, or that I. Uh, I was an angel, but um, I think God has always looked out for me, and He's always, He's always, He's given me a gift of um, pattern recognition. And sometimes when you're out, you recognize something's off with the patterns, and you're like, you know what? I think it's time to leave. And I had that, I had that, because there were probably twenty times that I had that feeling, and I left. And something happened right after I left. Five minutes, ten minutes right after I left. Police showed up. Somebody got into a fight. Something started on fire. Something, whatever. Like there's always something went wrong, <laughs> and I just, whoosh, just, just dodged it. Just, whoosh, just missed me. You know, it's like the bullet going by your ear, and you, zoop, you hear it go by, but you're all right. Any bar fight stories in Indiana? Not really. We didn't get in too many, too many kerfluffles. Um, the last night I was in Indiana, though, before I moved to California, there was, there was a fight. Uh, we were sitting at a booth in a bar. My friends were, and I was standing kind of off to the edge of the booth. And there's these two guys. They were twins. These two guys are twins, uh, black guys. And they want, and they just walked up. I don't know why they they had maybe it was a girl at the table or something that they wanted to talk to. And the guy just reached over and hit one of my friends. So I was like, whack! I hit him, and then him and his brother started falling. And um, we got a couple more punches off. And then uh, the security came and grabbed those guys and dragged them out. And they're like, "Oh, you guys are cool. We saw the whole thing. You're all right." You know. So that was. That was it. That was my send off. That was my life. My last, my last night in Indiana before I moved. That happened. So that was a little kerfluffle. Nothing big. No, no big whoop. I don't recommend getting in fights and, and stuff, guys. At bars, it's dumb. It's really dumb. You know, because even with even when you win, you could lose. Because you hit that guy, drunk people. They're not in any condition to do anything athletic. <laughs> They're not. And that off switch, that off switch is is so much more uh, easier to flip when they've had a few drinks. So you hit that guy, that off switch hits, they fall or they slip on wet floor because people will spill their drinks or whatever, and bam, they hit their head on the floor, they hit their head on the counter or a chair. That guy could be dead. And now there's your whole life. <laughs> there's your whole life done because you hit an idiot. Um, a green amplify is always a great thing. Always uh, keep things light and cheery and giggle and laugh and have your shit-eating grin and keep keep the energy levels low. 
just agree with him. Yeah. Oh, okay. You're right. You're, you're the smartest guy and the strongest guy. You would definitely kick my butt. You're so amazing. Thank you for letting me know how amazing you are. And then tell them goodbye. <laughs> right. When people are looking for a fight, they want, they want you to match your energy and they want you to get mad and whatever. So if you're just kind of in a good mood and making jokes, it's a good chance they're probably going to leave. Um, not always. So you got to be ready. You got to be ready to go. But yeah, you got to be careful, man. There's always the fight after the fight. Yeah, the whole Joe Schilling thing, I remember that. That was that could have been bad. He got pretty lucky, I think, in that situation. You don't don't mess around with it, man. You want to fight people, go to the gym. Sign the waiver. Stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. All right, guys. Um, what's next? The next fight, February 10th, another fight night, Hermanson and Pfeiffer. This should be interesting. Uh, that should be interesting. Yeah. Pfeiffer. I enjoy Pfeiffer, 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 Hermanson, uh, Dan Ige, Feely, touchy Feely. That's great. Brischik. And Durev, middleweight, Tavares is back, and Rodriguez. Somebody's probably going to sleep that fight. Um, Flowers and Johnson, Michael Johnson's back. Vieira and Petrosen. Okay, there's some there's some decent fights on that on that main card. All right. What else we got here? All right, all right. Main card. I don't know. Maybe there's some sleepers on the preliminary card, but the main card's definitely got got some fights worth watching. I will say that. I will say that. That looks pretty good. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. I appreciate you. Uh, I think I'll I'll leave you with a tune. How's that? All right. If you don't want to hear it, you just turn it off. All right. I know it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Girl, I'm leaving you tomorrow. Seems to me, girl. You know I've done all I can You see I beg, stole, then I borrowed So I'm easy I'm easy like Sunday morning That's why I'm easy Easy like Sunday morning Why in the world would anyone want to put chains on me? I paid my dues just to make it Everybody wants me to be what they want me to be 
But I'm not happy when I fake it. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. I wanna be high, so high. I wanna be free to know the things I do alright. I wanna be free, just me, babe. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. That's why I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Cause I'm easy. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Cause I'm easy like Sunday morning yeah alright guys thanks for watching I appreciate you uh, make sure you guys hitting up the uh, John Fitch knows nothing uh, clips JFKN clips all right um for all the bite-sized pieces of the show and then i've got the uh john fitch knows nothing show jkfn show on uh instagram too that's got the clips on there if you want to check those out all right guys uh i'll have should have a uh learn to fight tomorrow about 1 30 those have been on the rockfin premium i also will run on on uh on twitter usually it's just those two things because youtube they don't they don't like people being educated about fight stuff they don't want to they don't want to uh they don't want you to have knowledge in that in that realm so uh yeah <clears throat> i took them off <laughs> I'm not doing them on there anymore. The old ones are still up there, but they're not monetized. So, yeah, go to uh, Rockfin, make a Rockfin account. It's on the premium, so you'd have to pay for that. There's a lot of other great creators on the Rockfin, and uh, they got premium content that's pretty amazing. So, support cryptocurrency and uh, freedom of speech. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for watching.